0: My guests today on the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast are Cliffard Saunders and Harlan Kilstein. Both of these gentlemen are, um, like me, students of Dave Dobson, Dr. Dave Dobson, who's the founder of Other Than Conscious Communication, and we both all studied with him many, many years ago, but uh, we're here to talk about what we learned from Dave here on the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, so uh, with no further ado, here we go. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level, while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might wanna pay attention. This could be important. Cliffard.
1: That is such a good intro. I absolutely loved it. It was
0: fantastic. You're a gentleman and a scholar. I don't care what all those people say about you. (laughs) Sod them. So... um let's start with you Clifford. um okay i always thought your name was clifford but um apparently i was wrong about that and you corrected me today and, and um, Clifford is the way dave instructed you that it should be pronounced as i understand correct. So. That is. That is um, correct. That's correct. why don't we start with your personal stories like how who are you and also how did you discover dave dobson and and get to friday harbor to study with this guy so okay, all right.
1: all right. So really, really, really quick story. You can hear the English accent. I was going to do, uh, but I was born with yeah. a horrendous case of eczema. Eczema. Um, I'd done a lot of stuff before I met Dave. A lot of Raji yoga, a lot of pranayama yoga, a lot of NLP, a lot of different types of things, diets, and God knows what else to clear my skin up. And then I met Dave. Yeah, you know, I think of it as a BD and AD, you know, BD before Dave, say 1985 and earlier. I was born in in whatever the hell I was, 1949, try. Right. Or after Dave, I met him in the autumn of 1986 at Jeannie um, Laborde um, Advanced NLP Training. And it, it, everything that Dave talked about fitted in perfectly with what I was observing about myself. Because remember, I'm, what I'm wanting to do is get rid of this horrendous case of, of, of scabs, um, and tie it in with a lot of engineering. I'd done a lot of consciousness type work and uh, believe it or not, engineering and psychology fitted in really well with that. And my PhD being cybernetics is kind of the continuation of all of those pieces together. So when I met Dave, I could tell immediately this is an important individual, important scientist. And he was saying some things that I'd never heard anyone else say before. And I just followed my nose with that. It's not a complete answer, but I'll tell you: there's a lot of things that Dobson has talked about that yet to be fully uncovered and utilized.
0: All right, I'll accept that. That's fascinating. So, did you f- figure out that with this? Was yeah. your skin problem solved? Yeah, yeah, wow.
1: yeah, yeah. And and and, and I don't say it was all Dave Dobson. All right, it was. Lots and lots and lots and lots of pieces together. One of them, which uh, Harlem may want us to talk about later on, is is like stimulation technologies, like um, transcranial direct current stimulation and photobiomodulation, and these types of adjunct tools. But yeah, got it cleared up. Thank you.
0: And was that in a seminar that it got cleared up, or did you go to him for private sessions? No, no,
1: no, no. Well, it, it took it took quite a long time, right? I mean, I could tell immediately when I met Dave something weird was happening. I didn't know about him being able to talk to my ear, um, right. uh, and and but I could I could I got a very strong kinesthetic sense that this guy knew what he was talking about, and it's been I'm I'm going to say slow and steady, right? It's slow and steady. It's not a, it wasn't an instant use this and cure or anything like that. It was more of a learning. And and the learning path was definitely enabled by Dave. Okay.
0: Definitely. Fantastic. Thank you. And what about you, Dr. Kilstein? Well, I was getting back into hypnosis
2: after a career in education. And I had gone up the ranks of NLP world studying with all of the top names in NLP, and I still felt that something was missing, and I missed out on studying with Erickson, and people were comparing this guy, Dobson, to Erickson, so I decided to give him a call, and boy, was that ever an experience. First of all, (laughs) they couldn't hear, and (laughs) I remember Um, going outside my office and wandering around and screaming at this guy on the other side of the continent, surrounded by killer whales. Um, And he goes,
1: did you see my website?
2: Yes, I saw your website. And did you see that I'm retired? Yeah, I saw that. But it also says that you would teach um, small groups Upon request, he goes, what? Let me think about that. And then he called me back a week later, still couldn't hear him. um, And he told me to email him. And I put together a thought it was going to be a fun shop. It turned out to be a hypnosis shop and went out to see what um, Dave was all about. The first day, we are in Dave's basement, and he begins launching into a history of hypnosis.
0: Could you just tell tell me what year this was? Oh, my gosh. This was
2: 1990, maybe? 1989, 1990? No, 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 no. It's got to be. No, 1998 or
0: 1999. Oh,
2: that late? Yeah. And and so we go out there and Dave is babbling on and no one has a clue as to what he's doing. And everybody is looking at me like, you brought us out here and we're going to listen to five days of this guy ramble without a point. And at that point, Clifford says to Dave, Dave. Would you like to point out some of the things that you've been doing? And Dave looks at him and says, like, if you want me to take that camera and shove it where the sun doesn't shine, I warned you about this.
1: This is so true, all right? He's not even um, embellishing. That is precisely how it happened.
0: And
2: we're, we're sitting there, I'm there with my friend, menachem from jerusalem who's in
0: uh, let me stop you there, there i thought you organized this as a group that you organized how did clifford come to be there
2: well clifford was there because it was a day of training he was recording dave's trainings and so you organized, own, it with, you organized
0: it was open to everybody else it wasn't just your people yes
2: most of the okay. people there and then dave had a couple of people who were waiting yeah, for him right. to do a training yeah. so he invited them as well and i got it okay the more the merrier. All right. So I'm looking at Menachem and going, he's been doing something. What the hell has he been doing? And we are watching and we are clueless. Now, everybody else is pretty much writing Dave off as, like, this is going to be the week from hell. At least there's a pool hole and a bunch of bars <laughs> that we can go to. And we're, we're, watching him and watching him and watching him. And at lunch, we corner Cliffard who says, Dave will kill me if I tell you anything. And then he suggests that we go out for drinks later. While we are- you Remember
1: the waitress?
2: <laughs> while we are at drinks, the bar is crowded No one is getting any service at all. And the next thing that we know is this pretty waitress comes up to the table to take our orders. We are the only ones in the restaurant getting our orders taken. And she takes our orders and Clifford is talking. And our drinks are gone pretty quickly. And the next thing you know, she's back there again. And Clifford said, what did you notice? And that was the introduction to OTCC. And we began to really, Clifford did not give anything away. He just invited us to observe
0: what he was doing. We went Go ahead. Let's, let's just stop there. So um, you mentioned these letters OTCC. So before you go on let me just say um, i was around dave dobson probably 86 1986. so we'll come back to the question of what the heck otcc is in just a moment but but first let me tell you my story. Um, I was around Dave Dobson in 1986. I was uh so Navin- this was about
2: You. I thought this was about Clifford and me. It's the three of us. It's Yeah, working
1: together, Harlan. Come on. People are going to watch this.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, th- I thought they were just going to like lay their hands on the screen and absorb the knowledge.
1: That comes Some later with the chicken. Do that
0: um At any rate, so I was a Tony Robbins trainer, and um, people were talking in a similar way about this guy. Now, when I went to um, my first NLP certification course that Tony Robbins taught, he brought in various experts like Richard Bandler and Robert Diltz. And he also brought in this guy named Dave Dobson. And if you've ever been to a Tony Robbins thing, it's like, like, uh, super energy and like, yes, we're gonna make ourselves the best version of ourselves possible, and that includes getting into great shape and being a vegetarian and exercising every day and all this stuff. Yeah, and then Dave Dobson walks out.
1: Let's see you, Dick,
0: smoking a cigarette. You know, going like
1: ambling uh, in.
0: <laughs> yeah, walking about <laughs> this speed. I mean, this is about yes. Yeah, so that
1: was that's fast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he'd be like. Oh, uh, you know, and he started telling these like pointless sounding stories that all had this very funny joke at the end of it. And um, people were like going like, who is this guy? What's going on here? You know, they were completely just um, perplexed by this this fella, And yet um, I was fascinated by him. And I was just like on the edge of my seat, just something about him. I was just like, what, what is he doing? And and then I looked around and I was very disappointed in my brethren because everybody else in the room seemed to be falling asleep. <laughs> and I thought, this is interesting. Um <laughs> and only figured out later that he was like doing a group trans induction without you know, like doing a group yes. trans induction, just yes. sort of talking about yes. certain things. And um yeah. And then, and then he said, "We're going to take a little trip to a beach for a moment in a few minutes. But oh, wow. first, I think you should all go to uh, go to the restroom because there's smart as your brain is that the bladder has true control over your body mind system. So um, everybody, go empty your bladder and come back, and then find a place to get comfortable. And so we all, you know, either sat in chairs or lay down on the floor. And and I took my first beach trip with Dave. Okay. And Do I you remember up- Later, I remember, I remember, saying he had us prop ourselves up in the elbow to look around to see where we'd come. Yes, yes, yes. And then uh, the rest of it was just kind of a blank. But I, um, wow, it was. My, I thought to myself, I need to learn more about this guy. And so Wonderful. that's how I would Wonderful. introduce to Dave Thompson. And also, it seemed like all the really good guys in NLP. You know that I really admired in that group of the NLP trainers from Tony Robbins had all studied with Dave at some point and thought Oh how
1: interesting. You know, interesting. If you want
0: to get really good, I don't know what he does up there, but go up to Friday Harbor and spend a week or two with him and and you'll just everything will work better. And that's what I did yes. and
1: they were right. Yes. Yes. Just one second I'm just oh. going to turn the music off. Hold on.
0: Okay. Great. So, Harlan, we're going to come back to you, and you're going to tell us what OTCC is, all right? Okay. So,
2: uh-huh. OTCC is Dave's um, abbreviation for Other Than Conscious Communication, which uh-huh. pretty much summed up what he did, which was communicate with each person in the room Um in their own unique form, so that he could have 10, 15, 20. I understood that his record was 50 channels of communication with people independently while he was teaching, and each person receiving the message that they needed.
0: Uh huh. And it's it's not just that though. Other other than conscious, oh, I'm sorry, other than conscious communication is what we all do. I mean, it's not just what Dave did in a seminar setting. What we all do other than conscious communication, right? Correct. Except we're just not aware
2: of it. By working with Dave, you start to become aware of not only other people's patterns, but your own patterns as well with the goal of cleaning up your communication and finding out when your communication is not balanced at all. That would require a little introduction to Dave's view on systems, which is slightly different than the NLP view of systems. It certainly has tremendous overlap. But Dave believed that you were communicating at your best when you could be congruent in all of your systems at the same time otherwise one or two systems being blocked would be limiting your experience and when you limit your experience
0: you are not experiencing life fully at first okay good thank you let me stop you there harlan so other than conscious communication is different from unconscious communication um the term other than conscious is dave's term instead of unconscious or subconscious which had gone before him dave made up this term other than conscious because he felt the other terms were inaccurate that we're not unconscious we're not like knocked out or you know anesthetized or something we're not unconscious but we're also not subconscious which implies that it's less than but the other than conscious is not conscious. Everything right. else that's not yeah. just the small
1: sliver yes. of consciousness. Yes, I, and, and that's what that's what actually that's what drew me to his work. You know, being a boffin, you know, mathematician interested in cybernetics, all of this kind of stuff. Um, I thought it was a very elegant uh, solution to quotes the problem of consciousness, and and so you're either conscious of something or it's outside of your conscious awareness, other than conscious. Not to say that you can't bring it within your conscious awareness, uh, it, 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 but what it does is it solves the conundrum, or solves the conundrum for me of this whole business of consciousness. They've always called it the bear cat of consciousness. And, and to start with, I wasn't sure what he meant, but after a while, you begin to realize, when well, you can't define it. You're experiencing it. You know when you're doing it. And I think the most beautiful thing for me personally was during one of his, and I think it's the beach trip, where he ties everything back to the yoga that I started with and I was clearing up my skin. And and, and and it's this idea of, and as you're aware, you're aware. And this business of being aware as you're aware is the heart of Raja Yoga and reflexive self-awareness. So for me, instantly, I had the two, two tied together, both the sort of the British... Um, a quietist movement where I had been studying Raja Yoga. And then Dave's observation that um, the, the heart of all of this is this strange thing we call consciousness. And whatever it is, there are aspects of it the way we are aware of consciousness and those where that's outside of consciousness other than conscious. And I, and that, that was the convincer because it was so elegant, it was so clever. It's not subconscious, super-conscious, pre-conscious. It's not any of those things. It's other than conscious. Yeah. So thank you for pointing it out, lads. That's a really big point.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a big point. That's it's why Dave's website was otcc.com until, I guess, fairly recently. It has gone gone by the wayside. Dave passed away, I think it was in 2004?
1: I can't remember. Harlan, when, when did he die?
0: Approximately then, yes.
1: Yeah, around yeah. Yeah, it's yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so, but uh yeah, he influenced a lot of a lot of people, and was a, a fascinating teacher. He used to say that he's a terrible teacher unless he has elegant students or something like that. <laughs> the truth yes, of the did. matter <laughs> was, he was the
2: world's worst frontal teacher.
0: Frontal teacher, in, but I mean, in other words,
2: frontal teacher. Frontal teacher. Frontal being explaining what he was doing. Oh,
1: yes, I he was dreadful. He absolutely no, refused he <laughs> to
2: get up and give a lesson. Okay, this is step one. This is right, step yeah. two. This is yeah, step he three. That. He, hated, he, hated he would that. not he do that. And so a lot of the people who, who came along for the ride um, left his fun shop being changed in some fashion, but figured okay, that was interesting. But a very very small um, number of people became what he called repeat offenders. Yes. And yes, and, yes, and yes. would yeah. um, ever get to the point of under, understanding. <laughs> what he was doing and that there was a, even though he was guided by his other than conscious, there was definitely a process and he definitely had patterns of what he would do with people. Um, But he made it as intricate as a labyrinth to try and do this. And if he saw you trying to figure out what he was doing he would growl at you yes, and go sir. there you go with your left brain thinking yeah. of Jane Harlan pull yeah, your yeah. head out of your and and would just yeah. growl and right. try and That's shut right. you down
1: the man no. knew let Whoa. me just say well,
2: well go ahead, go ahead. i
1: was just going to say sorry harlan i was just going to say go you know that what what you what you've just said there then as you Practice it more and more. These things that Dave essentially gave us to practice. It's it's not long where you're you're realizing you've now learned some of the Dobson Dobson rules. And one of the Dobson rules was if they didn't ask you and they're not paying you, leave them alone. Because it's very easy to begin to you go, oh, I can see they've got this system out of awareness. You watch me mirror them and I'm going to, you know, you're a bit like um, spare a shekel from the ex-cripple. Spare a shekel from the ex-cripple, my man. Yeah, Jesus come along without so much as a bar, you all leave and he cures me, bloody do-gooder. You know, so you don't want to bleed the bloody do-gooder, right? It's true. Right? So, so as horrible as it is, you just got to leave him alone. Didn't ask you, not paying you. It's not your job. Get, leave them alone. Let them know there are other options, but no, it's not your job. Very tough. Very tough rule.
2: Now, no. when you spent time with him, you can see his patterns as clear as day, um, but it takes a lot of work. For example, if you look at the Tony Robbins video on Netflix, I Am Not Your Guru, and at the opening scene where Uh, Tony does an intervention on a young suicidal man. Looking at it through Dave's eyes, you can see every step that Tony took was pure Dave. From his pattern interruptions to noting the changes of breathing patterns, it was step-by-step Dave.
1: I haven't seen Um, that. That's very interesting. Very interesting.
2: So Dave's work can be replicated, unfortunately, thanks to no assistance from Dave, who, for whatever reason, anytime someone would get close to him, um, he would push them away. He would accuse them of stealing his stuff. He um, was, was quite
0: interesting with that. I remember when I... Let uh, me stop you for a second. That is one of the reasons I've asked you guys here today, because I, I would like to uncover some of this stuff that seems to be in danger of being lost the, mystery, in the history, if you will.
1: The, the mystery,
0: and the history, the mystery. The history, the mystery, exactly. And, and um, you know, I think you're right. I think a lot of it can be... Taught and, and discerned and understood and, and replicated. Yes, yes, um,
1: yes.
0: And Dave was yeah. a I a mean, right. that. but was. I do, I do no, remember I... seeing at, at the beginning of one fun shop. He he used his deafness. He was deaf completely in one ear. Yes, and he was partially right, deaf was. in another his other ear. So he had hearing aids in both ears. And a wire that connected underneath his chin from one hearing aid to yes. the other. Yes, I'm yes. Sure, they could do a better yes. job with wireless technology, but in those days, he literally had a wire connecting them under his chin. So you knew he had a hearing ch- challenge. So when you when you met him, he'd say, "So my name is like yours," and he'd be like this mask, <laughs> with no movement at all, and say, "Oh, oh my name's Doug." He said. Did you say Doug? And you go like, yes. <laughs> You're giving this over-exaggerated, louder response because you thought he couldn't hear you at all. He was hearing it and stuff. And it's like, you said your name's George. So, no, 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 it's Doug. <laughs> oh, it's Doug. Why didn't you say so? And would be playing with these things. But meanwhile, he was calibrating how you said yes and how you said no. Playing with that a little bit right there, but they wouldn't he wouldn't notice that. And then he would use that, your yes, your no later on in giving suggestions to the group that was supposed to be directly to you. And after I learned that and I saw him doing that with other people, like on the first day of the of the other fun shops I attended, I thought, how can people not notice what he's doing? It's so broad. I mean, yes, I know
1: it's so funny, isn't it? It's so funny, it's so I mean, I hope the people that are listening get some kind of glimmer at this because what, what, what Doug is just saying is so important. I had no idea until one day after I'd had three or four of these fun shots and I was talking to him and I was talking to David, says, well, I don't suppose you're going to be able to do something about that now, Clifford. You nodded your head. Oh, <laughs> you noticed that. <laughs>
0: And tell us why he called you Cliffard, Cliffard. Okay,
1: all right. This is this is one of these stories that. Okay, so when I got there to to the very first funny shops in Friday Harbor, it was up in a bar, um, just off Front Street. It is true. I was carrying a whole number of pens and paper and stuff because I knew that this was going to be important, and I was ready. And um, at the time. I didn't realize I was doing it, but I guess part of me must have done. I would make sure people know that actually it's, it's I don't want to go on about it, it's Dr. It, Saunders. It's doctor you know, kind of shit, right? Yes. So Dave started to call me Cliff PhD, Clifford, Clifford. And because he was, always, he was always taking the piss out of my accent, right, he would go, oh, well, I don't suppose you could, Art, you know, and so that was it, stuck, right, Art. So I loved, it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it very funny. Very funny. Great pattern interrupt. And I still make sure people know there's Dr. Saunders.
0: <laughs> Dr. Saunders, Cliffard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's the story about uh, it. That's funny. Yeah. Now can, can, can I add can I add a piece to what what, what I'm what I'm uh, part of what I'm hearing Harlan talk about, but I want to be more explicit about it. Um, That is, for the people who are are watching and never experienced, Dave, um, it was very easy to miss what was going on. But in a way, it didn't matter because your brain's always listening. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I discovered very early on was people were getting stuck with this notion of the other than conscious. Because the three of us are in similar kind of practice, right? And so um, what I realized was I needed to simplify the concept without brutalizing it. And what I would do is I would say to people, rather than think about other than consciousness, let's think about your brain. Your brain is creating your awareness now. Your brain is creating your reality. we I mean, have no idea how it happens, but it is. So rather than call it the other than consciousness, it's clunky, you know, what do you call it? Otic. Hey, otic. You know, it just never worked. So I started calling it Brian because I thought it'd be funny, right? And so now this made this has made a big difference to me. I'm not confusing mind with brain. But some yeah. people need a stepping stone to be able to get beyond. Most people are stuck. Most people believe they're stuck. Most people can prove to you they're stuck. And so... So it it seems to me what our job is, is to give people some stepping stones. So yeah, you you might get stuck at the moment, but you know you can do this, and this is an eye roll. How does an eye roll work? Well, when you close your eyes and you roll your eyes up top of your head, you're actually looking at your brain. And you know you're looking at your brain because you can feel the eye strain. So it's not the sort of thing you would normally do, shake someone's hand. This is this little anchor, this little ritual will let your brain, your mind know, look, I've got something on my mind and I want to fix it, please. So getting that point across was really important. And then I suppose the next part of it was this business of the nine dots. And I don't want to spoil the nine dot puzzle for people that have never done the nine dots. But and I'd ask people not to cheat and look up the nine dots or anything like that. But Basically put nine dots down in a tic-tac-toe arrangement and join all those nine dots up with four straight lines without taking your pen off the paper. It can be done, there is no trick to it. But I'm Dave is able to the... take that. Sorry, Doug, I'm on a roll here, man. No, yeah,
0: go ahead, go ahead. I'm just gonna well, give a uh, visual. Go ahead.
1: Oh yes, please, 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 yes. The nine dots.
0: Continue talking.
1: Well, so what Doug is doing now, he's putting up these nine dots. And your task, dear viewer, is to join all those nine dots up with four straight lines without taking your pen off the paper. To start with, you think there's a trick. Well, are we allowed to do this? Are you allowed to do that? Most people will kind of get some of them, but not all of them. And we're not going to spoil it for you, dear, dear viewer, dear, dear listener, because when you finally see the solution, you realize what Dobson was talking about. We are always trapped in a nine dots, if you like. But there's always expansion. There's always room. It never ends. I remember in the last, last, last days, last months, when he was alive, he said, Glivert, I am convinced that there is no end to the process, my boy. Something like that, right? It's like, wow, I thought you are at the top of the mountain, Dave. There is no top of the mountain. We fly now. You know, this kind of stuff. So it's some. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, these are some of the concepts. I wanted to make sure that we got it. You can tell I got my, you know, I got my core plan going here. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to pick up on those points that Harlan's saying, because they're very deep and they yeah. they, they expand.
0: Yes. Arlen, would you like, like to continue with what you were saying?
2: Well, I think that the business of the nine dots that Dave talked about for me was more than what they got, but Dave also used it as a glimpse into people's personality and how they would do the nine dots and how they would go about. And the number of people who would never put their pencil or pen to paper because they were in some kind of limiting fear that they were going to be wrong. Wrong. And therefore, therefore it was probably going to ruin their life if they actually made a mistake. And... It's most interesting watching just that aspect of people doing the nine dots and the majority of the people that would wait around to find out what the answer was, because it meant that most likely they were stricken with what Dave considered the most prevalent problem in the world today, which in a very technical language, Dave referred to as chicken shit-itis. And if Dave did not see or understand that there was another issue or problem, he basically lumped people together into the, they are suffering from chicken shit and realized that that was one of the biggest um, problems that the world needed to overcome.
1: I agree with that 100%. Calvin by any other name.
2: The man was such a genius. Um, and unfortunately, because of his protectiveness and his secrecy and whatever, that knowledge of him, he. <laughs> I, I dare say that of the people who are familiar, intimately familiar with NLP, probably less than even 1% has ever heard of the name Dobson. And, and 1% of that 1% has any understanding of what he taught. And that is why we're here today. And it's also a tragedy that This genius's work is largely lost forever, except in the hands of a a rambunctious few who are still picking up the torch and and carrying it not out of loyalty, but out of the stuff just works.
1: It does. It really does. It, uh, It really does. I know. I mean, my favorite one is, Dave, why do you call it a fun shop? Well, learning should be fun, damn it! It's not a workshop. I think the other one I loved about him is serious, seriously. No, no, seriously. Oh yeah, it's serious, you know, serious. It's like to play with words. I still, the I word still
0: laugh. I still laugh when people say that. When did you
1: first? So, Doug, when did you first get exposed to seriously?
0: Well, Clifford. I would say that I was first exposed to it seriously in my first fun shop in 1986, 87. Actually, I think it was 87. But um, my friend Mark had a very serious case of serious. And um, so Dave brought him up onto a stage, the, the front of the room, and sat him on this, um, this, this bar stool and just started, you know, t- Every time the word serious came up, he'd just sort of tap him on the, on the knee. Just <laughs> Pretty soon, he was just laughing out, out, uproariously every time Dave tapped him on the knee. And he couldn't ever get to the point where he said something was serious again without just sort of laughing uproariously.
1: Yes, yes. Because yes. Dave
0: was interrupting yes. his pattern and installing some humor while he was at it. Yes. And so, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. yeah. It's very difficult to get serious when you're laughing. You know, it's it's like you just can't do both at the same time. You know, it still works, right? Seriously, yeah, yeah it's serious. still works. It's yeah, he's yeah. dead, and it still works. <laughs> about that,
0: yeah, I remember him telling a story once about a, a fellow who was in a, a car crash, and um, he was able to, you know, get himself out of the car and and get help and um, manage his his pain. And he said to Dave, you know, yes, as soon as this happened, I, I heard your voice and Dave goes wow that's interesting what did I say it was just
1: didn't really matter
0: but something came up and made the fellow be able to to do what he needed to do in that situation you know Dave has this lasting impact that this uh the seriousness is is there seriously yeah
1: yeah, seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact,
0: you're, don't you have a website that's... Uh,
1: yeah, I do. Too serious. Yeah, yeah. Too, too serious. serious. Too serious. Yeah, yeah. For the longest time, you know, it It just made so much sense because they're doing a lot of corporate work. When I first met Dave, I realized there were huge therapeutic uh, applications. I could tell that. But at the same time, I was working in a lot of change management and I could see that people incorporations were trapping themselves with fear dave's big breakthrough again another breakthrough for me is this hierarchy of fear never come across never occurred to me before that that if you could winkle away at at the individual's fear response anger response you'd find that it isn't all or nothing there's a it's it's graded Mm mm-hmm and you, you don't, there, I mean, some people, at the time I met Dave, I didn't realize I was doing it. You gotta remember, I got this horrible shitty skin. I didn't realize I would, I could I could go from zero to full-on panic in about 15 femtoseconds. Wow, is that good, huh? Uh, yeah, pretty skilled. And so after a while, because Dave's, you know, I mean, the, I'm really sorry for those of you in the audience who never met him, he would be looking over one way and just wondering and pointing in a different direction. And if you weren't careful, you'd watch his eye gaze and realize he was pointing at you. I remember him saying, there's no reason always to panic and this kind of stuff. It's like, oh. So so this business of you, you fear is going to be a dominant force in your life unless you can pay attention to it and stop blocking it. You're going to discover it has levels of fear and there are appropriate levels. There are times to be shit scared and run away. And there are times to stand your ground. And there are times to not get near the bar fight. And that was really this idea of a hierarchy of fear has been so helpful for me, like personally, but also with people. And they realize, well, you're running a full-on panic and actually there's nothing there.
0: Mm. Yeah. I remember I'm trying to upload a photo of, of Dave so people can have a look at him. But my computer isn't isn't wanting to do that for some reason. I'm going to keep trying that. But um, when you think back to your times with Dave and the important lessons that you learned personally, how do you use that in your business life now?
1: Alan, want to go first?
0: Well, first of all,
2: I still listen to Dave's recordings with regularity. I feel connected to him that way, especially listening to his beach trip, his house cleaning, and also his um, his spare tire trance, which he did on uh, one occasion. There are also other things that I have the the text of, but not in Dave's, um, there was the stretch. There was the, I think it was the river of light, um, that, that he did. And I listened to them and they make me help me, uh, recall his teachings and basically bring them from the back of my mind to the front of my mind. Um, and then the mind continues to process, and okay, ask myself the question, what would Dave do? Mm-hmm. Mm. And sometimes Dave had an expression that he would use often that it was enough to gag a maggot. <laughs> that, was, that was a Dave-ism.
1: That's perfect. I remember that one now, thank you for that.
2: And, and Dave would work on a problem or see the problem. Dave didn't work with it on a conscious level. Dave did not. Okay, let's talk about um, why you have this problem and let's go back to your early childhood and figure out what. It was. Dave was a conscientious objector to that type of therapy. Um, he figured if it was enough to cause a problem the first time, then why bother bringing it up again um, and causing further issues? And so he pr- he um, preferred to work on the other than conscious level where people found that their problems just seemed to fade away or, or go in their own time. And um, people were better and happier for it. And that was ultimately probably Dave's number one uh, message. He he absolutely hated the analysis of problems um, in the open and he would- you yeah. know, Spent a great deal of his career making fun of uh, Freudian analysis yeah. because he so disagreed with the idea that you couldn't solve a problem until you had analyzed it to death.
1: And uh, you know, I, when I when I when I when I talk with people, like you know, in the same kind of way that we're, talk, we're talking about, I'll remind people: look, you're living inside this huge neural network. And neural networks are brilliant at a bunch of things. One of the things neural networks are brilliant at is learning stuff. So if you're going to keep rooting around the garbage, you're going to get really, really skilled at being miserable really, really quickly. Hmm. So stop. It's, we, it is inappropriate to think of your brain as a piece of engineering equipment that you're going to do a root cause analysis on. Uh, that it, was like, oh, holy shit.
2: It's, it's interesting what, that Dave in his hmm. own way, believed in the concept of neuroplasticity long
1: yeah. before it was oh, yeah. invented or discovered. No kidding. Absolutely. Noted. Absolutely. Noted. Right.
0: So yeah. Clifford, um, yes. these days you're doing something else with neuroplasticity and, and I said, brain. Yeah. What is it I that said, you're doing I said, with that?
1: Well, um, So my, my undergraduate degree is in electrical engineering. And it seems odd to be electrical engineering and interested in the field of therapy and self-development. Um, it's just the way the kind of the cookie crumbled. I couldn't do theater, so I had to do something I did engineering. But when I'd finished, I now had a profound appreciation for electronics. It's a piece of electronics. This device here that I'm holding... Is a brain tuner, a brain calmer. So many of the clients that I meet, they just can't calm themselves. They just can't, they just can't calm themselves. They just they, they just can't do it. It's just kind of impossible for them to do it. They're gonna lie down and they get them to do the beach trip and so they they're just not getting anywhere. So what I discovered is by using carefully designed electrical stimuli that you put across the brainstem, essentially, you can turn off the fear response or turn it down. Most people can't do that. Most people that are anxious or they're panicky or they're concerned or they're frightened are unable to control their breath long enough to be able to get the amygdala to turn off and the adrenaline to come out of their bloodstream. But cranial electrostimulation is one of many stimulation technologies that gives the brain a little bit, like training wheels. You can't quite get it because you're wobbly. Let's put some training wheels on until you kind of got the hang of it. Then when you got the hang of it, you might not need it so much. But now you've got a mechanism of turning off the panic. And now a lot of the other ideas now begins to make more sense. Now the person can go down to the beach. Now the person can stretch their head. They, they can clean house. They're not ruminating so n- noisily that they can't actually get mm-hmm. stuff. And the last thought, last thought, ladies and gentlemen, is it mine or is it yours? If electrons can get involved in healing and they can, don't be surprised if the twin, the, the photon, can do the same. This is a transcranial photobiomodulator. And what it's doing is it's putting energy into my brain and into my cerebellum and literally brightening my brain by feeding the mitochondria in all of the nerve cells. So there's a lot of technologies available nowadays that you can use in conjunction with Dave's stuff and go even further than you could before. So that's that's what drew me into the STEM tech field.
0: Really? Well, that seems like a very big departure from my perspective but it seems like a pretty amazing thing to to go into
1: well you know in, in a way in a way Doug it's similar to your exploration into um havening right mm-hmm. yeah. what what drew you into havening
0: well you know uh, for me the havening techniques were a, a thing that I was very skeptical of but you know long long time ago I started working in a a hospital in New York City uh, called Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, partially because Dave told a story about working in hospitals, um, working with pain patients and burn units. And he said, there's nothing like experience. And he also told a story about how sometimes he would tell these stories in the early days of the NLP world. And um, suddenly he'd start hearing his stories being told by NLP <laughs> in the other NLP world. <clears throat> and I won't mention any names, but he would say something like, God damn it, person, fill in the blank. Um, if you want some experience, go get some. Yes. So yes. I wanted to go get some and, you know, maintain that idea. He also said, um, Doubt everything I say, you know, yes. take it take for what it is, but, um, but verify. Right. Prove right. it, verify. It. So I sorry. wanted to find out for myself when I first learned about the Havening techniques is like, I don't know about that, but um, some pretty reputable people that I knew and, and admired said it was worth exploring. So I decided to verify it, doubt it, but it, verify it. So I went to a, uh, an introduction to it and it was like, Pretty amazing, and the uh, the the idea that you can d- do this and stimulate a part of your body and get a response in the brain because it's really, frankly, one organism was was awakening to me. It was really amazing, and so the the results were you couldn't argue with the results. So to me, it's one of those things where you combine. It's not one thing or the other. It's it's yeah. uh, it's both, and to find the. the and
1: that's precise. That, that's exactly the message. I'm, I'm glad you've given it. Whether you're going to choose stimulation technologies, you're going to use adjacent techniques or methods. It's not either or it's, let's see how big we can make all this.
0: Yeah. 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 Good. Well, gosh, we're getting out of time. So does anybody have any final thoughts before we started, Harlan, you talked a little bit about um, um, today's use of, psychedelics in therapy? We're
2: we're seeing more and more people using supervised and unfortunately unsupervised psychedelics as a treatment for depression. And we were discussing before we came on what Dave's response would be to it. Would he say, whatever works, works. If it works for you, great. And you know, it's outside of his wheelhouse, or would he, you know, cluck his uh, disapproving uh, opinion of it, saying uh, it's just uh, an excuse for people to escape and, um, and fool themselves that they've changed the situation. The thing is that our understanding of the brain constantly keeps changing. And Dave read extensively on the brain, but it was the brain research of the 50s, the 60s, and even the 70s. And we are way, way past that today. Some of the books that Dave taught were appropriate for the time, even cutting edge at the time, and today people look at them and whatever. There are even people who doubt the um, left brain, right brain division as Dave um, taught it for so many years. Again, my position is if it's working for people and bringing them some kind of relief, then it's terrific. Um, but Dave used to uh, talk about and work with people who were depressed, even what what they would say, I have a deep seated depression and Dave would check out their butt to see exactly how deep seated it was. Um, and he had great success with that using his techniques. So, uh, what Dave would do today, I think he would be interested. I think he'd always be interested in in learning. But I suspect that he would think that his mm-hmm. um, other than conscious uh, trance work or his mm-hmm. trances could largely accomplish the same thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's safe to say. I did finally manage to upload this image. Let me see if I can... Um... Add it to our stream now. We have to okay,
1: bow when it comes on.
0: Okay, let's see if it works. Okay. Add to the stream. Here we go. There he there is. There he is. Dave, the guy on the left, by the way, having the photo taken by this man named Alan on the right. You can see there, other than conscious communication is excellent. They're both smiling in almost exactly the same way.
1: <laughs> it's true. That's a great picture of him. <laughs> I miss you, David. <laughs> A yeah, that's
0: the the older Dave. That's um, getting on tough, probably the two thousands or so. I think when that picture was taken. I think if we,
1: if we, uh, you know, I think I think as we, as we get we get close to closing here, Doug, I think I think what I would say is, um, people who are, who are watching, I hope you are very very slightly intrigued by what we've talked about. It's a very dense topic. There's a lot to it. It's easy to overlook because it does require a bit of work. If you get interested in it, you'll see there's a whole tapestry of, uh, of wonderful stories. And I, and I think my last one is the idea of that, I didn't know I couldn't. And, and he would often talk about a healthy creative part of us that doesn't know it can't. And that that's the part you really want to reinforce.
0: That's great. That's beautiful. It's a great great way to end it as well. Thank you. We can have more talk about this. Obviously, there's much to talk about. If we talked any one aspect of what Dave taught us, we could go on and on and on. In fact, you know, just... It, it's probably a
2: good idea to continue until we at least get some basic concepts of of Dave's Dave's out there. I do want to caution you that when we said that Dave was the world's, or I said Dave was the world's worst frontal teacher, that if you find or pick up a set of the recordings of Dave doing a fun shop, I pretty much guarantee that without really investing time and that you're gonna think it was a waste of time, you're not going to get what dave was doing understand who he was working with but if you're truly dedicated and gifted you'll start noticing the slight changes in his tonality the direction of his voice the pace at which he's speaking but what you're not getting is that dave is looking at person a and on the other side of the room person S, T, U, and V are in a deep trance while Dave isn't even looking at them. Or um, when Dave knows that a person has a particular problem, um, he is telling stories that are aimed at a particular person in the room, um, benefiting everybody, but Dave doing therapy uh, with people in public. Or telling the absolute most disgusting perverted jokes
0: for a specific reason to help someone in the room. Yeah. So everybody else would be going like, that's disgusting. Or how could he say that sort of thing? Whereas the person that he was doing it for the benefit of got a lot of benefit from it. He also would tell stories sometimes to diagnose people in the room to see who needed to work on certain issues or whatever, to see what their reaction would be to a story. And they say, Oh, I see that they've got some things to work on in that area. Yeah. I called that the the Dave's checklist approach. mm -hmm. and It's very, very difficult to pick up any of that on an audio. And when I asked him about it,
2: he told me to pull my head out of my ass and I was fabricating the whole thing. But Uh it's absolutely, if you listen to different things, you will hear in the opening days the same stories again and again and again, because Dave was sorting for people's responses. I remember asking Dave when I put together that first seminar, Dave, would you like me to uh, put together a list of what the people would like to work on while they're at your fun shop. And Dave said, no, I'll get that as soon as they walk into the room. And he wasn't kidding.
1: No, he wasn't. And uh, let me just say something about this word therapy. Uh, Dave hated it. He would always accuse people who are therapists the rapists, uh, mainly because of this root cause analysis. He always said what we're all doing is continuing our education. So we're doing. Hmm. So like for that. us, repeat offenders, yeah, was, he was—he used to call it CEs, right? Let's continue our education. I oh, thought that was so open-ended. I like.
0: That. Yeah, that's really nice. I think that is a wonderful place to end this discussion. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here today. And Glad thank you for bringing great.
2: us together. It was fun yeah. um, seeing old friends together at the same time and just hearing stories about uh, Dave, Rump. from Rump. other people's perspective. Grump, uh... yes, as Rump. we love
1: him. Grump. <laughs> <Rump. Rump. laughs> what is grump?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was a stickler for being courteous to the other than conscious mind, but he could be so discourteous <laughs> really for people's conscious <laughs>
1: uh, It's hilarious. It was really
0: funny. Anyway, we'll do this again. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you. Ciao. Ciao, guys.
0: This has been the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure seeing you again. Hope to see you again real soon. Come back next week when we have another gripping and exciting episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. And if you want to, you can find out more about us, each and every one of us, at EssentialCoachingSkills.com.